Hello, book besties, and welcome to episode four of the Books and Mockers podcast. I'm Shy. I'm Em. Grab a drink, get cozy, because we're about to talk books. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I can spot something in the background of your video, so I feel like you have an exciting bookish update. <laughs> I do. I finally got my bookcase built. Woo! I know. It took long enough, but there, there was a bed in the way, which I had to move before mm. I could get it put up. Um, yeah, this week we got rid of the bed and the bookcase went up. So it's looking rather empty, though. So I think this just tells me I have to go shopping for books. You do. It's just- the perfect excuse to get yourself down to the works I think I know I know it's definitely going to be a job for this afternoon mm. I mean you're a better person than I am because you were sitting on that bookcase in the packaging for like two weeks and I just I wouldn't have had the restraint literally two weeks but this was the thing because the bed was there I didn't physically have the space to put it up I would have had it balancing on the bed it's like <laughs> it, it wasn't so lack of trying I wanted to get it built. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it wasn't happening. But mm. it's up now, it's there, and now it needs filled. So it's, yeah. I, I have some books on pre-order, but they're coming over the next sort of few months. So I need to go and get some. I am heading into town with a list. There are books which I'm looking for. I haven't I haven't got the full Chestnut Spring series. I'm still looking for the final two books. Mm-hmm. So those are on my list. There are, there's a few Tessa Bailey books that I really want to read which I think I want to get in paperback, which I know the works have. I do have some, I've got some Christmas books, which I really want to read. But, and anybody listening, please come over to Instagram at Books and Mockers Pod and let us know what your thoughts are on this. There, there's Christmas books that I really want, but I don't know if I want them on my bookcase because they're obviously Christmas books and my bookcase is there all year. So I'm, I'm very much slithering about whether to to buy them or not but yeah I'm excited to go and do a little bookshop and then I will do a book haul over mm-hmm. on Instagram so you can find out exactly what I bought very exciting I know what you mean about the seasonal books though like there are quite a few Halloweeny books that I wanted but I've just got them on my Kindle because I thought I'm the sort of person that I would feel the need to switch out the books depending on the season and then the bookcase would just be pointless because I'd still have a box of books somewhere so I get I 100% get what you mean I am also slightly jealous because I I was online the other day and I noticed that the works is perfect for you because a lot of their books seem to be romance I want to start a petition for the works to start bringing in some good fantasy books I mean they came through with fourth wing but please the works can we step up the game a little bit here as fantasy girls I think also struggling I think also the problem with the works is they're usually quite small shops Mm. so I think they they tend to lean more towards romance I think probably just because it's probably a bigger genre favoritism no no I'm I'm not (laughs) playing favorite I I just think it's probably a bigger genre so it's easier for them to to cater to a larger demographic but I, yeah, I know what you mean. They they don't have a huge fantasy selection. Mm. So I'll have a look today and see see if I can pick anything up. But yeah, and I know what you mean. I can't I wait to mean. see. I mean, what we're going to be doing this week is actually, so we was going to do the fourth wing review first, but then we thought, actually, the episode comes out, I think it's like three days, de- two days, two days before yeah. Iron Flames release. So we thought that actually the best thing to do here would be to share our 
fourth wing and iron flame theories because since iron flame come out not iron flame oh my god look wishful thinking since fourth (laughs) wing came out um there's just been so much speculation so many theories flying around um and at this point I was actually listening to a few videos and I realized actually a lot of the theories that I thought were my own actually other people have already come up with so clearly I'm not as creative as I thought I was but we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna share some of the popular theories and then how they sort of tie into the theories that I had sort of drawn upon my second read of of fourth wing and I know that Emma is going to be joining in on the discussion with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you and I, we've had a few conversations about different theories that, you know, we, we've sort of come up with when reading the book. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to discuss them in this sort of, um, yeah, I'm excited to go through them. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm excited. I'm excited. So I guess we'll dive right in. Do we need to do... Yeah the blurb of fourth wing we can do that for next episode when we do the review I think if you're listening to this episode you know full well what fourth wing's all about so we're gonna trust you guys to be on top of that okay so the first theory so it is a romanticy as we all know it's not just it's not just fantasy the first theory which I think is going to upset both me and Emma is that Zayden and Violet are not endgame. Now, a lot of people are saying that because it's going to be a five book series, the fact that they've fallen in love and we've got that sort of art going already, there's no way that this is going to extend throughout all five books. It breaks my heart. I think <laughs> I think you and I differ on this because I think, I believe they will 100% be endgame. I, I don't think there can be another outcome for them. They have to be endgame. But... I think we're completely naive if we think there's not going to be other love interests for both Violet and Zayden throughout the series. I think we have to see some other love interests. I feel like you're going to skip these part of the books because I you're am so you're so convinced, and I'm convinced Violet and Zayden need to be together. There, there's absolutely no, there's no question in my mind that they are not endgame. But I do believe we're going to see other love interests for them both, especially after the way that Fourth Wing ended. I don't believe she's going to give in and forgive him as quickly as we both want it to happen. Okay, so here's here's my thing. I just, I I, I probably will want to skip the parts. I mean, I won't because I I need to understand the story, but I will want to skip the parts if other love interests are brought in because. I just don't think they're going to have the same chemistry and the same, it's just, it's not going to feel the same. And I feel like I could get quite bored. I get what you mean in that, like, because of how it ended, they can't just jump straight back into their relationship. And I feel like maybe it will take another love interest for them to realise that actually they do love each other. However, you haven't read Akatar yet. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but people who have read Akatar will know what I'm saying. There's a theory that, Zayden is the next Hamlin in that is very much the main love interest in the first book and then for the remaining four books that was not the case so there's a theory that Zayden is just the new Tamlin which breaks my heart like I cannot handle I please Rebecca you're not listening to this but if someone could just spam her and send it to her a hundred thousand times please don't do this to us we're good people do you not think though it might be good for other love interests to come in because it will show them how much they mean to each other no okay 
As a married woman, absolutely not. I don't need a love another love interest to come into my relationship to show me how much I love my husband. Violet, don't you dare. <laughs> Just love him. I'm married too, but I because they're not married. And I think they're still yes. at the stage where they are gonna be endgame. I I genuinely believe they're gonna be endgame. I don't think there's gonna I don't think there's any other option for them to be endgame. I do think that they're both still young as well. So I think they maybe need to just work through some of their issues and she needs to learn to trust him again because he has broken her trust. As much as it is fantasy, these are still human emotions. When you when trust has been broken between two people or you know just platonic, that trust needs to be rebuilt. And I think he's hurts her really badly. So I think she's gonna need to take a step back. And I think there will be another love interest, potentially not for Zayden, but I think definitely for Violet. Oh God, I hope not for Zayden. Like, please don't don't break our hearts. <laughs> okay, so the next theory that we have, and this ties into another theory that I have, which will sort of lead into Violet is part Venin. So <clears throat> there's speculation that Violet's mum may have knowledge of Venin, obviously, and had a thing with a venin and so violet is actually half venin the theory comes from the fact that in the end battle scene when the venin draw the power from the earth the colors leave the flowers and the earth like it it sort of stills to like just nothing um and so people are speculating that violet's hair because it sort of fades into the silver that that's her body pulling power from from herself and it's it's it causes the the, the graying at the end of the hair because she says herself even if she cuts it 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 sort of just feeds up anyway so the the color still ends up fading which can actually kind of lead into you know the issues that she has with her joints is it that her body's using so much power from herself that her body ultimately faults with certain things I absolutely love this theory and I love this theory because it ties into something that I started thinking at the very beginning in that Lilith, Violet's mum, is very much aware of the potential that Violet had. And I think that the reason why she wanted her to go into the Riders' quadrant is because that she had the thought process that Violet would then end up fighting for their side and ultimately help bring forward victory. I don't think she anticipated the fact that she was going to fall in love with Zayden and, and, you know, potentially end up switching sides. What do you think of that theory? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes complete sense, especially with the hair. I think definitely, I, I, I can see it. I also think it's interesting because Violet had such a strong bond with her dad, who was obviously a scribe, and wanted her to go into scribe conference. Mm-hmm. Is this another way for Lilith to try and separate that out if he's not her father? You know, that to put her in... on the Rider's Squadron. Mm-hmm. This is going to be your next theory, isn't it? Yeah, so that leads um, into the next part, yeah. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I, can, I can definitely see it. And I think it would make sense. So not too scandalous, not too scandalous of a theory for you. It... No, I, I, no I, I, can see, I can see where it's come from. And I think this is what I really love about Rebecca's writing with Fourth Wing, is that it makes you think and it makes you read between the lines. And I love the fact that so many people have come up with these theories. And no, I, I can definitely see that. And I think I think with something because let's say that fourth thing's a big book. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's about five hundred pages, you know, it's 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 a big book. And 
when you're looking at five big studios that are potentially that size or bigger, so I know Iron Flame, I think, sitting about 640 pages, there's going to be a lot of intricate details. There's going to be a lot of different things happening. And yeah, I can absolutely see that theory being one of them. And it would be exciting if it was, because it would be good to explore that in one of the other bits. Yeah, 100%. I it's one of the theories that I'm most excited about, actually, because I think it will really set the foundation for how the book goes forward. And I just think it makes a brilliant reading. Along with that theory, though, people are speculating that actually Violet's mum killed Violet's dad because of his knowledge surrounding the Venin and the Wyvern and, and everything that he had sort of discovered. Mm-hmm. And we do see that actually in... I can't remember. I think it was a note that her dad left in one of her fairy tales talking about how it takes one person to sort of rewrite history. And and so I think that's sort of like a little clue into the fact that he 100% knew what was going on at the borders with the Wyvern and the Venin. And I think that maybe he was getting a little bit too big for his boots with the knowledge and Lilith felt that he it was time for him to go. Yeah. I mean, the thing is as well, if if he knew about the borders and what was going on, he also knows that Brennan isn't dead. And mm-hmm. he also knows, you know, he knows the truth about Zayden and, you know, what's happening. And I think it wouldn't surprise me if it came out that Violet's mum and dad, essentially, I think he might have given Lilith an ultimatum and sort of said, you know, you need to fix this. Otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell people what's going on and that you know about it. And obviously that, that's going to, affect her position and you know and essentially her safety you know when people find out about it so I absolutely buy into that theory and I could really see that happening I think the relationship between Violet and Lilith is already incredibly strained I do question though if Lilith maintains that level of distance because she knows what's going on and in a way she's trying to protect Violet but I think when all this blows up, because it is, it's going to come out, I think, that Lilith knows about the situation, in which case I think that will destroy her and Violet's relationship. Well, I think we already know that she knows because she has a dagger. So when they break into the office, she's actually in possession of a dagger. I think I can't remember. I think it was one that you, they used to kill the Wyvern. It was something that the Rebellions had and it had the relics on it. So, it, yeah. She 100% knows, and the fact that she's in possession of the dagger just goes to show that she's holding on to that for a reason, more than likely for protection. But I do think it ties into the fact that I just can't let go of this idea that she knew, I think she knew the power that Violet was going to have. And I think Violet was purely just a weapon for her in this game. With that being said, there are some people in the far corners of the internet that think that actually Lilith is on their side. Okay. I don't understand the rationale behind it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've heard through the grapevine that some people think that it will come out that she is actually fighting for the good side. I mean, I don't think so. What I find interesting as well is that Lilith is so cold towards Violet. And mm-hmm. every time, every time she does something, whether it's a parapet, whether it's a gauntlet, you know, whether it's stretching, she never seems surprised that she's still alive. And I understand that she keeps that emotion sort of locked down because of her position. I, I, I do understand that. But going back to your previous theory, I do also question if her father is Venom. Does Lilith know that she's going to survive all of this because of the power that she contains within her? Does she know that because of what she's essentially 
got inside of her she mm. knows that actually she's not going to die she has the power to get through this between her her mind because let's face it the situation with the gauntlet it was you know it, it was everything that she put in place with the dagger and you know being able to climb the the final slope if she hadn't done these things she would have died for sure and mm. I think part of it is Lilith can keep that sort of stoic impression all the time mm. because she knows she's that Violet's going to survive yeah but it, again it goes back to she knew from the very beginning what Violet was and what she could do and I don't know it kind of goes back to the general that's above her in that isn't his power to see the outcome of battles before they happen I wonder if he's seen the outcome of the the because there will be an end battle like with Game of Thrones and everything if he's seen well the position that he thought Violet was going to play in that battle and that's why she's been put into the Riders Quadrant I don't know it's such an interesting theory and I think we could probably talk about it for hours but it does lead into which kind of contradicts this one a little bit so Violet's mum's signet is to cause storms and the second that well in the lead up to Violet stepping onto the parapet a storm starts I don't know if that was intentional. It could have just been her emotions getting, because we know that they're tied to emotion. Could have just been her emotions getting away with her and she was panicked and stressed about her uh, trying to get in. She didn't know if she was going to pass this first hurdle. And so the storms happened by accident. But people think that she's caused the storm on purpose. I, I feel like that cancels out the theory that we've just come up with because why would she want her to die at the first hurdle? That just doesn't make any sense. You and I have spoken about this before. and. This was, the after the first time I'd read the book, I was very much on this, yeah, she's done it because essentially she doesn't like Violet. You know, I, I was very strong on, I just, I believe that actually having her dead would be easier for Lilith to deal with mm. than actually her surviving. I think you're right that a lot of it is to do with emotions. And I think potentially part of it was just she, she couldn't control it. Mm. I also think she was trying to make it a bit more challenging to almost see what Violet could do and what she was capable of. Because I think Lilith knows there's a real power, you know, within Violet. And I think she, I, I think for her, it was a bit of a challenge, you know, let's make this a little bit more difficult. But then I think she also was watching the entire time and she could control when it stopped. And I think if it was going to get to the point where it was going to be too much, I think she'd have stopped it. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Because ultimately, regardless of what has maybe been seen into the future, regardless of, you know, what power Violet's got in her, she is still her mother. And I think when it comes to her mother's love, she still has that human emotion. I know, I know you don't feel the same, but this, I think this is where you and I differ with you being a fantasy girl and me being a romance girl, because I go more on the side of feelings. And for me, I I always like to think ultimately people's decisions are made by their emotions. And I feel like there is a love there. You guys tell me different. In the room. <laughs> Because you have to think this is a fantasy world. This isn't the real world where mums are carrying the exact same feelings as normal mother would carry. I think that her behaviour towards Mira says a lot about how she thinks of her children. And I think also, you know, in the bigger picture, Brennan, if in the bigger picture she knows that Brennan's alive and is fighting for the other side, I think it's very clear that motherly instincts don't come first for Lilith actually winning the fight comes first to Lilith because yeah 
And I, I agree with you. I think more of what my thought process is, is with the storm of the parapet, is that I don't think she'd ever let it get so bad that Violet would die. And whether whether her motives are she knows that, you know, she's the ultimate weapon mm. in the battle or a motherly love, you know, I, yeah. I mean... I, I, I do believe she was controlling that day. Really? See, that's where we differ. I think it was high stakes for her and and she really was just depending on Violet surviving. And I don't I don't necessarily think that she had any control over that. And I I think that just aside from like motherly instincts or whether or not she cares for her children, I think that that whole situation that played out there was wasn't because of Violet's life, but because of what Violet's life can provide for her. And I think that that was her stress, which caused the store. Anyways. I just think that she's a cow and not a very good mother at all, but I could be proven wrong in the first couple of chapters of Iron Flame, so I could stand corrected this time next week. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think she's proven that she's not going to be winning any Mother of the Year awards. <laughs> I, I think, I do think we're going to learn a lot more about Lilith in the coming books, and I'm, I'm excited to, to read that and find out more about her. Yeah, I mean, if the Venom theory is correct, I want to know what how the hell that went down, like how mm-hmm. that whole situation went down. Because when you hear about Violet's hair at the beginning, they say it's because of my mother's illness while she was pregnant with me, which just very interesting it, and fascinating. Yeah, it, it definitely makes you question things, and I think it would be amazing to have a chapter that was a flashback that explains what went on, Re- regardless of whether it was an illness when she was pregnant or whether she was you know, with the venom and, you know, he's the father. I think it would be good to have that flashback to find out exactly, you know, you're right, what went down, what happened. Yeah, it will be it'll be interesting to see exactly, yeah, what, what happened. Okay, so I know that at the end of Fourth Wing, your big question was, how does Violet get back into the college? Because her parents obviously know what's going on not her parents, her mum obviously knows what's going on. It's a massive question. I think I have the answer for you. People are speculating that, well, they're not speculating, actually. We know that Imogen's signet is that she can erase memories. The question is, how much control does she have over what she's erasing? And can she select parts of people's memories? So obviously we know that Dane can read minds and we know that there are people in the college who can get the information from people if they need to people think that potentially Imogen is erasing parts that are are crucial to the situation so like war plans what's going on how much she knows but leaving just enough so that she's aware that her brother's alive and that there is another cause that she's fighting for so that she's not so that she can get back into the college without Dane saying, well, actually, you know, she thought she fought on their side and she knows that Brennan's alive and blah, blah, blah. What do you think of that theory? Um, I mean, it, it makes complete sense because how else is she getting back into the college? Mm. You know, so something has to happen that allows her to get back in. I think the questions I have are that how many people can this extend to? You know, how, how far can Imogen's power go? Now, we know, for example, when they were at Montserrat, after the the squad battle, we know that Zayden's shadows could cover the entire outpost. He, you know, he explains that when they're discussing, you know, the powers and you know how how they could protect each other and you know the and you know when. So essentially, if we base it on that, the power probably can extend really far. 
I think the question for me is, can she control what she's erasing? Because she has to be very careful in what she is erasing and what she's allowing to stay. So that leads the... I'm sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say as well, if she erases the memory, does it erase fully that Dane would not still be able to read her mind? We know that Dane has to touch people in order to get, get memories out. Yeah, but that, that hasn't stopped him before with Violet. I mean, I will say this, it does lead into the theory of that's exactly how the children of the rebellions were getting out weapons and actually helping the Venin without anyone from the college known as that Imogen has actually been doing this the whole way through she's been manipulating and changing and and erasing memories as they go and that's how they've managed to get away with it for so long so I I think her power is a lot more extensive than we think and I think that we're going to learn a lot about that in um Iron Flame I I I think she's going to be a massive part in in the next book definitely I think as well I think we have to remember is Imogen's a third year. So she has also got two more years of managing her power and honing it and, you know, working at how to control it and use it properly. We know that from when Violet first gets her lightning wielding power mm-hmm. and she goes up to the mountain with Professor Carr and, you know, she just, she has absolutely zero control over it whatsoever we have to assume that everybody starts like that you know but when they get a power especially something as strong as violet image and dane's you know zayden's powers it takes them a while to learn how to control that and learn you know how it can be used properly and you know what when to know how to stop it you know to stop it from going too far so if Mm -hmm. you think about it imogen has got two extra years of doing that so yeah, it makes complete sense that she does have the the control. We see with Satan with the shadows, you know, he has complete control over how he uses them, when he uses them, when to pull them back and stop using them. So I, I think that's definitely a valid theory. I think what's going to be really interesting in Iron Flame is that because of the way that Fourth Wing ended, I feel like the first few chapters of Iron Flame sort of have to explain what's been going on and how they've been managing this situation because in order for the story to move forward I feel we need to understand what's actually happened so I think a lot of these theories are going to come out quite quickly in Iron Flame Mm. I mean that does go into actually the next theory which is that the children of the rebellions actually have two signets that we're not aware of so hearing that I kind of I then drew my own conclusion and this is just my imagination it probably isn't true at all but it would be really cool if it was in that she can actually manipulate a memory so not only can she erase it but she can manipulate it to change the way that it appears in people's minds which I think would be quite cool because there is actually a theory that Zayden has a second signet in that he can communicate with people telepathically and we see that we know that he does it with Violet and it it goes into I I mentioned before the amount of times that Violet says that she can feel Zayden before she sees him because she gets a prickling in the head and I, I think that might have something to do with a second signet that he has because also when he communicates with Tan Tan says don't you dare try and read me and I I I personally think that potentially they they have second signets that the college aren't aware of. Do you think it's potentially the relic that gives them that yes. signet? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's something that I have actually questioned as well. 
I wasn't sure if it was a power as such, like, you know, like your signet, or if it was just a sort of sixth sense type thing. Mm. But you're right. I mean, it, it would make complete sense because the rebellion children also seem to just be that next level to everybody mm. else. You know, you, you've got the likes of Rhiannon, Riddick, Violet, who have these incredible powers from their signets, but then you've got Liam, Zayden, Garrick, Imogen, who just seem to have that next level. And at first I thought it's just because they're older, but then Liam's not. You know, Liam is first year, the same as them. And there just seems to be this extra level, you know, to them that just doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense. So, I, yeah, I definitely think. And, I mean, if Imogen does have that power that she can actually manipulate the memories and not just erase them, I mean, what, what that could do for the series going forward is just incredible. And if, you know, if, as we start to learn more and find out more about their powers and how they can be used... It's, I think the fourth round was so important for setting the foundations for the story, for the, you know, the main characters. I'm really excited for Iron Flame to dig in and delve a little bit deeper into the side characters. I really want to know more about Imogen. I want to know more. I want to know more about the relationship between Zayden and Garrick as well, because we know obviously that Zayden, you know, he took responsibility for all the rebellion children. And they all essentially owe their lives to him. But it, it's interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see how those relationships develop. And I, I really hope that we do, you know, we, we do get a lot more of the side characters. Yeah, 100%. And I think as well, sorry to harp on about Lilith, but she is just such an important part of this story. I know that she doesn't have such a prominent role in the first book, but I feel like she will be a massive part of the story. She was actually you know, if this power is in connection to the relics that they have on them, she was actually the one that requested that they don't watch their parents die and that this be the route that they go down, which then also brings me to believe it's either she is on their side and that's why she's made that request and she's actually part of the bigger story in that way. Or again, it goes back to she thought that they was going to be a weapon and it just hasn't panned out the way that she thought it was going to pan out. The whole thing is just is just absolutely fascinating. But while we are on the conversation of people with double signets, potentially, you're going to love this theory. So the other day, actually, we'll start here. The other day, Rebecca Yarrow's done a like a panel um, where she essentially let slip. I don't know if she let it slip. It could be nothing. Me and Emma could just be reading into this. But she says that we get to see the relationship between Liam and Sloane. As yeah. we all know, Liam is meant to be dead. A lot of people are saying that Liam's going to come back and this theory could actually answer how he comes back. I haven't shared this with you yet. Um, okay. So I want to see your reaction. I think you're going to absolutely <laughs> love this. So as we know, Andana is a feather tail, which means that her powers are not fully developed and her powers could shift and change. We know that her power at the, at the current time of, of the battle was centered around time in that she could freeze time and stop it at the end of the book we find out that andana's grown um and she's now a fully grown dragon and with that people are speculating that her powers could have grown with it people still think that her powers will be centered around time but what if it means that she can go back in time and change the outcome of events 
So people are speculating that actually, I know I'm so excited about this theory. People are speculating <laughs> that Andana goes back to the battle and completely changes with the knowledge, obviously, of, of what's going to happen. And they completely change the outcome of the end battle. And that's going to be how the, the book starts. I mean, if that, I, I can completely see it happening because especially the fact that her power is surrounding time. Why why would it change completely? It would make more sense to stay in that realm of, you know, time. It's it's interesting because I don't think Rebecca Yarrows could have foreseen what Liam's death would do to the fans of Fourth Wing because his death was, without a doubt, one of the toughest things I've ever read. As in, I sobbed. It was absolutely heartbreaking. And I think... I think just because the the potential that Liam had Mm. in that he was going to have this relationship with his sister, I think it was going to be really interesting to see how his powers grew and how he grew as a person and as a writer. I think it was quite evident that he he was quickly becoming sort of second in command to Zayden. And it was going to be really interesting to see how that progressed. I also think he was such a pivotal part of the first book for him to just die, it, it doesn't fit in the story. You know, it's, when you look at the other deaths, when you look at the likes of Jack, Jeremiah, you know, e- even the people that died sort of towards the start, or really, they weren't consequential to the story. Mm. Liam, for me, was. So, yeah, I'm I'm all for Andarna bringing him back, 100%. And I, I could see how that theory could play in. Yeah, and I, I think... I think everything that Rebecca Yarros does is for purpose. I know that you said that you don't think she foresaw how much he meant. I completely disagree. I think that she he was written in that way to have impact. He needed to die in order for us to be gripped and want to know what was happening. I think it was 100% intentional of her. And I think it's one of the most interesting theories because... Being a fantasy lover, not just in books, but also watching shows and stuff, I do love the time travel aspect of things. Like, I love it when a situation happens and people go back and completely rewrite history. So it's not just that Andana would go back into history. She would just reset the clocks for everyone. Everyone would go into the situation with the knowledge of what's going to happen and maybe strategize and go about the war or the battle a little bit differently in that in that situation I'd love that idea I would love to reread I would love to reread that battle from a different perspective and then playing it in a completely different way I would just I would absolutely love to see that unfold but it also makes me a little bit disheartened because it's a theory and we don't know if this is going to happen and it's going to be absolutely heartbreaking if it doesn't actually play out like that and we've just completely read into it wrong it was just a slip of the tongue Rebecca Yarrows didn't actually mean to say that and he is not coming back but one thing I would (laughs) ask though I mean yeah I'm, I'm potentially just holding on to this because I I just I love Liam so much and his death was just so awful but does Rebecca Yaros have slips in the tongue? I I think she's too clever for that. Yeah. I think she she knows what goes on in the fourth wing fandom world. Mm. You know, she's got her ear to the ground on this. She knows what her fans want. She knows what her fans need. And for me, I I don't think she does slip in the tongue. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, either that or we just get flashbacks of their childhood and we see how they were together, which 
not as exciting. I say bring Liam back. We need Liam. Do not ruin this theory. See, now you've told me this, I'm going to play on I think I think one thing as well is that we have to remember, this is a five-bit series. Iron Flame is only the second. So a lot of these theories might not even, you know, they might still happen, but it could be in the third, fourth, fifth bit. You know, we could be looking at sort of three years down the line, and these things could still happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully not. I don't think I could last until then. I mean, I, think I can't. It's, it's so exciting. I find it such an exciting series. And the prospect of it is just, it, yeah, it's it's so much fun to see. And I'm very excited that we only have sort of about nine days until the book comes out. Because this has been a long month awaiting this release. It has. Imagine waiting from summer, beginning well, of... I know, I've, I've only had a month. You've, you've had a lot longer. I've been struggling over here. So just the final, well, actually, there's two more. So it's it's kind of just a thought and a theory, um, is that there's a bigger understanding among the dragons as to what is going on on the borders and stuff, which is why less and less and less of them have been coming forward each year to bond with with the the students of the college and I I I think it's interesting and I think I'm excited to see this new side of everything you know with the rebellions and you know this 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 army that I think they're essentially building and I think it's going to be so much bigger than we know at this point especially if the dragons have sort of been like shifting over to their side slowly but surely and yeah I'm I'm very excited about i mean i've just said that i have only two more theories but i will go over there's actually there was actually three the final well the second to last theory actually was that andana is royalty in the dragon dragon world community their their beings she is actually royalty um which is fascinating and that's why she's gold people are speculating is because and that's why she turned up to this year is that she had her eyes on on Violet from the very start because I think that Violet's a bigger personality and character within in the dragons mm-hmm. you know what I'm trying to say right like yeah. their, yeah, their yeah. existence yeah and I think I I do agree I, I think there is potential for her to be royalty in that universe purely because she's so different in the fact that she's gold she's beautiful mm-hmm. and the fact that she's a feather tail feather tails don't you know they, they don't even come to threshing you know, because they, they don't bond. Apart from the fact they're too young to bond. Mm. But then if she's royalty, she, does she make the rules? Who's going to stop her? And that's what well, people exactly. are saying. Yeah. And I think it's interesting as well that Tern is the most powerful of all the dragons. And I think it's interesting that he's chosen to bond with Violet alongside Andarna. Because mm. in, in the dragon world, probably would be Andarna's biggest protector mm. and would be most capable of protecting her you know so f- from a dragon perspective why wouldn't you put the strongest dragon with the royalty yeah so I, I think that there's definitely something in that theory and I think I think we're going to hear a lot more of Andarna's story in absolutely I think and I think the three of them Taryn, Andarna and Violet are going to become just a complete formidable force I think they are just going to become, you know, this unbreakable force, the three of them. And that's going to be really interesting to see. But I, yeah, I completely agree with that. I think it, because 
Violet, as strong as she is, she does have, you know, her, her weaknesses. And that's obviously spoken about a lot in the book. And when we do the review next week, we will talk a lot more about that. Mm. But, you know, Terry could have chosen differently. But then this also goes back to the theory, theory we spoke about earlier, in that if Venon is her father and Ter knows this, he knows the power that she can unleash. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, so so I think I think there's a much bigger picture that's going to be unfolded. But yeah, I, I could absolutely see. I think there's there's certain things that just would absolutely fall into the the theory of Andarna is royalty within within the dragons yeah i mean along with that people are absolutely crushing my dreams and saying that actually when we do get into iron flame um and Anna will have just developed into a standard they're theorizing an orange dragon which would be quite interesting considering that jack barlow's dragon was an orange dragon or they're saying brown which fine i mean i love andana either way but i think the theory that she's royalty is just so much more magical and i think that we should just all go with that until rebecca garris tells us different <laughs> oh, just, yeah i mean I, I think she's she's gold for a reason i do magical. believe that and i don't i don't believe it's just because she's young so i i think that's going to be a really interesting one to to watch definitely 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 now this final theory i've saved for the end because it is the most dramatic And that is that Violet is going to die at the end of the series. This theory comes from the fact that a lot of what happens in Fourth Wing has sort of mirrored the Divergent series. Um, And as we all know, I'm so sorry if you haven't read Divergent people, but Beatrice basically dies at the end of the series and she is the main, she's the lead female in that that story. And so people think that Violet's going to die. They have also come to this theory because at the beginning of the book, it says that the story is written by a scribe called Jacinia. And people are saying, well, if it's Violet's story, why is the story not written by her, but rather her friend in the scribe quadrant? And this theory makes me want to cry because I genuinely cannot imagine her going through all of this just to be killed in like a final battle or something at the end. I think it's absolutely devastating to think about. But what do you think of that theory? Oh, do you know, when you're speaking about that, I actually got chills. I got goosebumps because the thoughts of Violet dying at the end of the series. Mm. I think already with Fourth Wing, I've completely fallen in love with these characters. I've fallen in love with Violet. And I think, personally, I don't think it's going to happen. I okay. think I think throughout the next few books, I think Violet and Zayden are really going to be tested in their relationship, both as riders of bonded dragons mm. and their personal romantic relationship. I think they're going to be tested a lot in these books. I believe, and it might just be because I'm a romance girly, I believe that they will be endgame and there's going to be a happily ever after for them. I think what we've seen in Fourth Wing is that lives don't matter. Mm-hmm. As in, a death is a death. You know, it's, it's they're very pragmatic about it. They're very sort of, you know, it happens. If, if you know, if, if you get to the age of 40 and you're still living, you're doing really well. Mm. If you make it through college, you're doing really well. You know, I think, there's definite potential for her to die at the end. I think it would be, it would be, it would have to be a death at the beginning of the last book because there's so much in fourth wing after threshing about Zayden explaining to Violet, you know, you die, I die because of the the bonds. 
So I think if, if she was going to die, it would have to be at the beginning of the fifth book so that we could see what happens with Satan and the dragons. Because, the, you know, it, it's built so much on I'm keeping you alive to keep me alive. So if she were to die, we'd have to see how that would play out. But just the thought of it, it's not okay. Yeah, and I think as a fantasy girlie, I think I'm a lot more, I, I I can see it happening a lot more, especially if we think about Game of Thrones and the fact that Daenerys is the one that dies at the end and everyone was rooting for her and Jon Snow and it was a whole love story and we essentially followed their love story just for her to be killed right at the very end and I don't think anyone anticipated that. For that very reason, I can see it happening and I think we, we can see very, very, very clearly that actually Rebecca Harris doesn't give a fuck about her in any of us. She'll happily do it. Um, as we've seen with Liam, she'll break our hearts if she needs to. Yeah. It's devastating. And I guess we'll have to see who's transcribed the next book. Because if it, if it's again another 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 scribe, I'm just gonna accept that everyone's dying at the end. Ten and Dana, Sigel, Zayden, Violet, they're all just done at the end of this book because also I know that they say that you know like a dragon can live on without their rider but a rider can't live on without their dragon I think that actually the connection that Andana has to Violet I think that Violet's death would absolutely destroy Andana I don't think that she would survive Violet dying um, and maybe that's the ending Maybe it's that Zayd and Segel and Tarn actually go on and there isn't really that much of a connection there in terms of if one of them dies, they both die. Maybe the heartbreaking ending is that it's Violet and Andana that that's that's me yeah. doing a cutthroat sound down the down the thing. So sorry if that's disgusting. Yeah. No, I yeah, I, I can definitely see it. And I think mm. it's because even even in Fourth Wing, we see the relationship. We see the relationship between Violet and Andarna and the way that Andarna says, you know, I'm proud to be yours. And the fact that even though her time freezing power means that she has to go and sleep for a week because, it, you know, it takes so much out of her. She mm. still does it because the love she has for Violet. For me, the relationship between Violet and Andarna, it's stronger than the bond that she has with Tern because that is quite a, a standard bond with a dragon, between a dragon and a rider. Whereas mm. with Andarna, it's, it just feels so much deeper. And I think, yeah, I, I, could, I could absolutely see that. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, if we're talking the end of the series, you know, we've got a lot to come before that. But I, I could definitely see it happening. I could. Yeah, I mean, it's a scary thought, but it's a thought nonetheless, guys. That wraps up my theories for today, actually. I've actually loved this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, been really, it's been really interesting. And we we haven't actually spoken a lot about the theories because we really wanted to have this conversation, you know, for the first time here and mm. I think it's it's been really interesting I think it's again shown how differently we think between romance and fantasy mm. and it, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens I'm just so excited for Iron Flame now I can't wait to read it I know I just I want to see how many of these series have a little bit of ground yeah yeah absolutely excited so next week uh will be our fourth wing review I actually think, oh, actually, I don't know. 
that episode will be coming out after Iron Flames released. But like I say, we wanted to go through the theories beforehand. Um, but yeah, our next episode will be our thoughts and feelings on Fourth Wing, which I'm really excited about because Emma's done a second read of it. And I'm just really excited to see how you feel the second time around. Already, I, I can I can tell you already from reading it a second time round, I feel quite differently to how I did first time mm. round. And I'm I'm excited to talk about that next week, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be a good episode, guys. So if you like this one, then definitely please listen to the next one. But don't forget to come and join us on Instagram at Books and Mockers Pod and join in the conversation. Yep, so we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.